Welcome to Two Hypnotherapists Talking with me, Denise Billen Mejia in Delaware, USA. And me, Martin Ferber in Preston, UK. This weekly podcast is for anyone and everyone who would like to know more about the fascinating subject of hypnosis and the benefits it offers. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and psychotherapist. I'm a retired medical doctor turned consulting hypnotist. We are two hypnotherapists talking. So let's get on with the episode. Let's get on with the show indeed. And this week's episode is a special episode, a special bonus episode dedicated to the recent Dave Ellman conference that was held worldwide on the web. Here we are again. Gosh, really? I know. And this year's going so quickly because it's a few weeks ago now. Uh, you were presenting at the Dave Ellman oh, therapy conference, me. weren't you? Yeah. 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 Well, is it Dave Ellman Legacy Conference? I think it's giving it's, its it full is, title. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, for, for those of our viewers and listeners who don't know who Dave Ellman is, don't have a clue. Do you want to enlighten them? Dave Ellman was a huge influence on hypnosis using, used for medicine and dentistry mm. back in the thirties and thirties through the fifties. He was, he taught so many doctors and dentists how to use aspects of hypnosis. Right. And yet he himself came from a vaudeville background. Right. Okay. Just <laughs> <laughs> fascinating. But, um, yeah, anyway, his son and daughter-in-law, um, have, have resurrected his name and, and have a school, the Dave Elman Hypnosis Institute right, based okay. in their North Carolina. And they've started this conference. This was the third year. Uh, it's online, which is fantastic because they have people from all over the world attending and speaking. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just looking through the speakers and it seems to me there are about 90 people on there speaking there that weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. From all over the world and from all kinds of hypnosis and hypnosis adjacent things as well but right. i'm just just looking at this particular one here denise billamer here consulting oh, shush. <laughs> oh shush what were you talking about scope of practice that's that's my scope hobby horse right yeah, okay that's my hobby horse it really is i i feel very strongly that we need to make sure that we're not replacing anything with hypnosis hypnosis mm. is an adjunct to other things yes okay if you want to lose weight, you don't have to do anything else except hypnosis other than stop eating the wrong things. The hypnosis can help you to eat the right things. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be seeing an obesity doctor in order to be seen for that. But um, you had mentioned before we got on this call, you'd mentioned Gary, who's presenting uh, his work with, yeah. in oncology, within oncology. Obviously, he's not an oncologist. No. He's a guy with a, a master's level degree in hypnosis mm -hmm. and loves to work with that population. He's okay. clearly able to do lots of other things too, but that, and he's, so anyway, that, that's why I took this every time I go to a Facebook group or something and I read and people are saying, Oh, why do I have to talk to the doctor? Because you don't know what else might be going on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Plus well, if we really want doctors, to start respecting us we need to give it back the other way too well absolutely you know? <laughs> yeah we do we need to give them the respect they absolutely deserve um but and also do, so many doctors okay just have a limited knowledge of or understanding of hypnotherapy most um, human beings that would be yeah <laughs> yeah i mean one particular gp i wrote to on behalf of a patient i said this patient will be 
embarking on a course of solution focused hypnotherapy and I explained to them what that meant and they actually wrote back saying thank you for this full explanation because mm-hmm. um, I, I explained you know what the sessions sort of comprise of um, and they wrote me a nice letter back. I think showed it you at the time mm-hmm. um, saying thank you for this full explanation now I'm just looking at the list of speakers at this conference so there were like two or three different speakers on at the same time, time. Different, yeah just the keynote on different channels mm-hmm. yeah and uh, and what I really love about it is there's a cafe which runs 24 hours a day because we've got all the time zones right okay but you can you can drop into the cafe at any time and chat with other people who oh well maybe that maybe none of the particular talks are what you need to do right now mm. maybe you and most of us end up buying from them as a, sl- a slight uptick in the price you get all of the rehearse the recordings and the transcription for the recordings right okay um, a, a little bit later from the conference and could you around. virtual table hop in this cafe yeah yeah well yeah. no 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 it is usually just one one table i mean there's, oh, there's right, okay. some somebody plays barista mm. and there's a tech person who's also there to handle the you know people moving in and out they're having okay people. and then whoever drops in right i'm with you so it's just one room that they call a cafe oh yeah. no i was on a similar thing a uh, year before last with um national council for hypnotherapy in the uk mm-hmm. and they had like a virtual cafe but there were different tables and you could right. see who was on each one and you could yes. table hop <laughs> i've i've said i wouldn't be surprised to find that they can do that but we mm. didn't have so many people at one time that it was an issue i've gone to conferences particularly for that big doctors group i'm in they've used variations of that um, okay but it but it can be hard to, to jump and that's not really the point of this conversation maybe we should do a tech tech conversation sometime I, I mean, but, um, a bad idea <laughs> yeah so it, um yeah this conference is is really incredible value for money <laughs> next i don't know what next year's price will be so i won't say the price but it's it, it's for three very full days it's mm. 12 hours a day that's a lot three solid days yes every sunday monday but if you buy the full ticket, you get all the recordings as well. So yeah. you can watch them at leisure because otherwise you, you know, pff, overload. Exactly, which is why you know it's okay. You're going to get the tape anyway. You can go to the cafe. Or you mm. can chase the guy that was just talking to find out what they were saying. Mm. Yeah. You know, I mean, not what they were, but, you know, oh, sorry, I couldn't come to yours. Can you talk about it now? You know? So the, like the yes. keynote speakers, the presenters, they're in the cafe mm. at certain times, are they, as well? So you can mm-hmm. um, ask if you've got an individual question or something, you can just ask freely. Right. Oh, that's good. That's handy. Yeah, so, it's very good. Okay. Are there any particular, I know, I know I'm not asking you to sing out the best or anything like that, but were there any particular standout speakers for you who perhaps talked about a subject we've never covered or something that piqued your interest? Robert, who spoke about his transition. Okay. From female to male and and various aspects of that that was a really that was really interesting it's one of the more unusual things but he's a hypnotist mm. and um larry of course told stories about his dad which is great yeah <laughs> <laughs> um our old friend sheila granger was speaking oh she was yeah yeah did you get a I chance to say hello i didn't I didn't. I think she was because of the time difference. I think probably ah probably right different, okay different times. Um, Sharon was there. And was our mutual uh, friend uh, Sue Peacock there? She was. Yeah, oh, oh brilliant. 
No, no, no. That was last year. She she wasn't there this year. Oh. She may have hopped in as a guest, but she wasn't speaking. Ah, right. Year. Okay. Um, I think she's about to launch something pretty big, so I think that's probably why. Um, you do have to tell them you're going to be part of it back back in the summer, mm. so they can gradually push things along. Um, who else was there? Uh, Heather, who was a guest last season. Hey, Mel Heather. Keys. Yeah, yeah of course. Heather was there. Um, but it's it's really interesting because there are a few people who do stage hypnosis, and they are sometimes talking. There were a couple of things that's not my thing, but mm, mine neither. You can, yeah. But um, Jason was there talking about the business side. Oh right, <laughs> of okay. Hypnosis. Um, anyway, it is a really good conference. Mm. Um, and uh, was it season two? Gosh, it's a long time. Um, Larry and Cheryl were in talking about the conference. They I were, think. yeah. Right. Uh, and that was last year. So it, it basically, it's very unlikely it wouldn't be in January of next year. Mm. So save your pennies, any hypnotist. <laughs> I, think, I think for somebody who's not a hypnotist, you have to have a phenomenal interest in hypnosis <laughs> to go to a three-day, 12 hours a day conference. Yeah, I mean, I, I was looking through the list and a lot of people there, a lot of the speakers seem to have honed in on one particular mm-hmm. uh, aspect of hypnosis and well, yeah. concentrate yeah. on that and make that their sort of field of mm-hmm. speciality, if, if you like, yeah. for want of better description. Well, that's what all the business people definitely tell you. You want to be not a jack of all trades. We can all do general hypnosis, but you, you need one thing that's really your thing. Mm. Uh, it makes it marketing, makes it easier. And then you have what, you know, I, if you remember last year, oh gosh, it knows, like year before last, a mm. uh, client who came, we got his major problem fixed right away mm. and who came back, you know, a week later said, do you do wait? <laughs> we already had doctors okay, so we just carried on. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that was that was the reason that I was talking there. It, it's just to tell people doctors like to know what's going on in their patients' mm. lives, <laughs> and plus, they there will be doctors who you are telling a new thing to that they haven't been exposed to exactly, hypnosis, and then you can get referrals. Well, exactly, because they weren't told it in med school. It's the same with the GP in terms of CBT, for example. Okay, mm-hmm. they they may know. Well, obviously they will know the term CBT, but can they give you a, a a reasonable description? Can they give a patient a reasonable description of it, other than to tell them it's to do with the thoughts and behaviours? Maybe not. I don't know. It just. I think sometimes. I, I'm sure they could give a fairly good one. It's been around for a while, but everybody's got their own take on what they do. Right? Mm. I tend to think of this. This is hypnosis technician me speaking. Yeah. <laughs> But the patient client in our case mm. is is the one that's really doing things. So I think it probably makes more sense to have the bulk of the explanation done by the therapists themselves, mm. speaking. Um, and what we really want is, is the doctors to be able to say, this has helped a lot of people. Why don't you give it a shot? Yeah. <laughs> um, because there is no guarantee that something was working. No. Just the, you know, the last three people may have lost weight and had wonderful experience with my method. Others might have done better with you, and that's fine. Oh, absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of, I mean, we've discussed this quite a few times now, haven't we, as well, um, about it's that rapport with the client. Mm-hmm. And we, we do, as people, 
we make an instant judgment when we see somebody or when we see a photograph. That's part of our defense mechanism, isn't it? It's what mm-hmm. t- stopped us getting attacked by our neighbors when we were running around in the jungle or living in caves. We had to make an instant judgment, didn't we, on every person we met? Were we safe? Were they friend or foe? And we still do it to some degree. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that's why it's important we all have our pictures on our websites and that kind of thing, because yeah. pe- people do get drawn towards people, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, even, even though we, we may make serious sort of misconceptions, for example, we look at people and may assume they have a certain accent or. This is not to do with the conference, although I probably I could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was in one of my daughter's groups and somebody posted a whole bunch of headshots that didn't exactly look like they were the same person, but they sort of did. Mm. And she said, this is this are the AI generated headshots. Apparently, there's a lot of that going on, too. Oh, right. But she said there wasn't one one person who looked like her. Even um, The hair was the same color and <clears> more or less the same length, but combed differently. The face was different. And almost everybody said, look, about 12. <laughs> <laughs> if you, you, know, you want to be aged for your professional experience, you know, <laughs> it's, it's hard to be a young female physician without being made to look 12 as well. <laughs> Oh, dear, no, I've, I've never thought of using AI to generate an image. Now, as long as I've got my filter on so you can't see my lines, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I tell, I'm just looking through the list of people, though, that were at this conference. And one that jumped out at me was a Dr. Terry McIver, um, Bachelor of Science, Biochemistry, Doctor of Philosophy and Education. I and didn't it, go to hers because there was something that was competing with it. But... I will listen to the audio when I get the tape. Yeah. Right. Okay. See, now, talk about making assumptions instantly. There we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it you call it? This, um, sort of that inbuilt bias. I see Dr. Terry McIver. I think. Bias. I think medicine. Male. I think male. Oh, oh Terry. Yeah. yeah. And I should know far better than that talking to you, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. There's more. There's more women in medical school now than there are men. I believe so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, there are more women than there are men. <laughs> yeah, right. As yeah. proportional representation. Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> Dr. Terry McIver, and my mass apologies to you for assuming you were male, sorry. Um, No, she's written about the brain science behind trance, and this Mm -hmm. is something that always um, piques my interest, Um, Mm -hmm. even though I can't explain it fully or as eloquently as she can. I actually like it, and she's talking here about explaining um, the neuroscience behind various brain regions Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, all the processes involved in hypnotherapy. And again, she's been taking a detailed look at how brainwave activity is altered during hypnotherapy and putting that science there because, you know, people, how often do we hear it? People say, oh, pseudoscience, mumbo jumbo. And it's, you know, um, with this imaging now, of course, um, you know, seeing the heightened activity in certain brain regions during hypnotherapy, but also particularly the talking about certain things being illuminated during periods of suggestibility now that, that mm-hmm. to me then that gets really interesting <laughs> yeah i told you magic when it's working magic when mm. it's explained is science that's mm. the thing yeah so it's like what is particularly lovely about hypnosis is that your clients can learn to do this for themselves mm. not that they wouldn't necessarily i know how to color my hair 
if I ever decide to do it again, I'll probably have somebody else do it for me. But it's, it isn't that you have a client and you're going to milk it and they come to you every week forever and mm. ever and ever because they've always got something they want to talk about. It is you can teach them mm. to do most of this for themselves because all hypnosis is essentially self-hypnosis. We just know how to get people to that point. Yeah. What I really love about this conference is the array of hypnotists that I wouldn't otherwise speak to. I spoke mm. to several people in Belgium, uh, one in Germany. I spoke to somebody in Brazil. I spoke to somebody in Lebanon. I spoke to this. It's just a wonderful opportunity to get to, to mm. hear about how hypnosis is. Who, who did you speak to in Belgium? I can't remember his last name. Rob the Hroof. No, I spoke to him before. Yeah. I've met him before. Yeah. Uh, no, the other guy is, is it Peter? Oh, I don't know. Rob, anyway. Rob's the only one I know. Yeah, I'm the only, I know that the, the person in Lebanon's first name is Daniel because I thought his, his last name is not the gentleman who was on our show last time. Right. Time before last, time before last, season three. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my real interest in going to conferences. Mm. I mean, I go there to beat my drum about, please, please do the right things for the right reason and talk to doctors. But um, it really is the closest thing you can have to a real conference where you physically go and meet and you'd never get that number of people. No. You no, might I, get 90 we, people listening listening to somebody talk, but you wouldn't get 90 people talking. No, the, you wouldn't get that variety from over the world. It, it would just be impossible, exactly. wouldn't it? You might have one keynote. Say, if it was held in this country, you might get one keynote speaker from the States. That would be it. Right, exactly. You're not going to get... Or, I mean, one, I, or one Aussie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm just looking here, people from Australia. Romania. Mm-hmm. Romanian Hypnosis Association. Um, you know... The, Think things like that. People from those areas would fascinate me as well to hear mm-hmm. their outlook on things, the perception in society of hypnosis, where they come from. And um, for example, if you remember in last series, we had Daniel in Iran, yeah. um, and that was fascinating. Um, you know how he had to shield some of it, what he was doing from certain parties over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet within the university where it was based, it was a big thing, wasn't it? Hypnosis yeah. um, for healthcare. So getting these worldly perspectives from other people, I find that interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just having a look. It's like, also really good if you find somebody who comes across you but isn't a native English speaker, you have an amazing array of people that you now know you can refer to because they all work online. Mm. So if if I have a German somebody who thinks much more commonly in German than they do and they speak, I would have them see, see one of the many people that were representing Germany at the school mm. or, or the other German, Austria, of course, is also a German speaking country. <laughs> um, <Also. laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated. There's a, a neurosurgeon mm. in Brazil who's, who's presented all three of these conferences. Okay. I mean, it's just, it blows my mind that, why don't we know this? Why why is it so much more accepted in some places than in others? Do you know what would really interest me is the language structures used within the 
hypnosis language patterns that we used mm -hmm. in different languages because for example you speak spanish i can speak portuguese and they're two latino language where it's adjective after noun and the phraseology of questions is very different from how we do things um, in english so therefore the language patterns they use to hypnotize people would be somewhat different wouldn't they right you know some of the things we say to people and um, some of the questions we pose whilst they're in trance to just sort of um you know just tickle that subconscious part of the mind um i don't know how i it, it seems to me that it, I, I speak to lots of people around the world all the time and you can usually tell a non-english speaking person who's somebody who's already got a doctorate <laughs> but they english is not their first not they're not completely bilingual mm. which doesn't mean i speak two languages it means you speak both of those e equally it means you speak right. and think in two languages yeah exactly <laughs> but even people who can do that they'll still make the odd mistake when it's to do with that one way first one way after mm. um i can't think of one off the top of my head right now so i had somebody write something up for me and she is Macedonian speaks German and English. Okay. And it wasn't incorrect, but it, it just it sounded funny to the little voice in my head that was reading. Didn't quite flow perfectly. Yeah. Right. And I would that's what I would worry about within hypnosis. Mm. Not not that it would do any harm, but that it would, you know, bring them up a little bit and it would be harder for them to get benefit from the account. Not mm. that I, I I'm opposed to speaking to people in English who don't speak English as their first language, but you want the best experience for them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But Many, it, that would be, that would be the case. Yeah. To do it in a different language, you need to be able to think in that language. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely. You do. Because I mean, part of what we do is we're, as we send the mind into relaxation, we're bypassing that critical factor, aren't we? Um, mm -hmm. And if somebody's having to read your to phraseology in their head, <laughs> they're not going to go down very easily, are they? Yeah, well, they might go down, but they would suddenly be awoke, and we'd, it would probably be the same experience as when a guy built the built the fire on the, brick on the beach. <laughs> woke me up. I'm, yeah. I'm just looking at another speaker here, um, and forgive me if I pronounce this incorrectly. Helena Jenikin or Jenichin, I'm not sure um, how one pronounce that surname. Talking about one of our favourite subjects that we covered recently, IBS. <laughs> Oh yes, um, and, but yes. she she's going into it in terms of the um, the you know the gut brain miscommunication, um, and she's talking about um, rapid relief from IBS. So that would have uh, interested me. And she, she's from Canada. Wow, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely all over. Or in the UK, there's Gary Coles who talks about oncology. That's that's his thing. He works. Yeah, with chemo patients and yeah. Well, the thing that jumped out at me from his bio I was reading was that he holds a Master of Science in Hypnotherapy. Yeah, very, um, it, it's not that, you know, it, the problem is a university can only teach that which they have A, instructors for, and B, funds for, and yeah. there aren't that many people saying, I, <laughs> I need Masters in, in Hypnosis, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm rather surprised that it isn't part of a branch within psychology degree that you couldn't get because it, it doesn't take a lot of time to learn the basics of hypnosis no, no. And, and, seems... and the other side of it that we learn to, to do our pre-talks with a lot of the stuff well that i covered and you you've you've covered as well you know all the stuff we pack into our pre-talk it's all psychotherapy isn't it you know hypnotherapy mm. is a psychotherapy 
Um, don't say that over here. They'll come no, not you. over there, but I'm in England. <laughs> <laughs> come see me, y'all. <laughs> um, but it's, as I say, if somebody was doing it, as you say, as part of a um, psychology degree, there wouldn't be that much learning for them to do. It would be more techniques because the rest of it they would already know as part of the psychology, wouldn't mm-hmm. they? Yeah. I mean, we, we did all... It would, seem, it would seem a natural thing to do for... When, when a, a university, I think there were like five people within his group, mm. just seems like it feels like they're missing a trick. <laughs> mm. I, don't, I don't know what year that was. It may have, you know, this, we've got this comes popular, then it goes away again, probably because people over promise and under deliver. Mm. So don't just, <laughs> this works for so many people. Mm. I couldn't have worked for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think you should it's... come next year. Maybe you should I will. speak next year. Speak? What would you like me to speak about? I don't know. We'll talk about that off off the record. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Watch this space. <laughs> right, Denise, we're at the end of the show, and we've just been waffling on about your conference. <laughs> so nobody, nobody who listens to this show will be at all surprised by that. And they always can talk to either of us by book. Go to our websites and book a call. We'll talk about this if this is what you want to hear. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We hope you've enjoyed listening. Please remember, this podcast is designed to give you an insight into therapeutic hypnosis and is for educational purposes only. So remember, consult with your own healthcare professional if you think something you've heard may apply to you or a loved one. If you found this episode useful, you can apply for free continuing professional development or CME credit using the link provided in the show notes. Feel free to contact either of us through the links in the show notes. Join us again next week.